Hey, Yolanda. Hey, Corey. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Yolanda girl. Corey, what do we have happening on the podcast today? Today we have Gina Prince-Bicewood and Sanaa Lathan, who I fell in love with Love and Basketball. Did you all not fall in love with Girl, me? now you already know that movie. I love it. It came on last night. My I heart. was watching it, having all the feels all over again. I was tweeting to Gina like, girl, the music in this film alone. Girl, I'll play you for your heart. That's it. That's all I have to say. That line is everything. It's solidified. Forever. Love, love, love. But they are come together for Shots Fired, which is a new show that Gina and her husband, Reggie Rock Bythewood, has put together on Fox. It's a great show. Looks at Black Lives Matter set in South Carolina. So that's what we have today. But you have something kind of special later on. Girl, yes, I do. So, you know, a lot of women hire professional matchmakers. Now, where do they get the money? Girl, now that's a whole other conversation because it's expensive. Because the way my budget is set up. I can barely barely get to the grocery store and max out my card. I'm not trying to be like buying love help, but people do. And so today on the show, we have the matchmaking duo professional matchmakers and they're going to tell us exactly why black women professional black women in particular need to hire some help sometimes i mean we do some of us no Real quick story i went to a matchmaker once and they told me i talked too much which <gasps> could be why i'm okay, saying they're today. fired all right oh, anyway so i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about they're it fired. what but you know who i do love and who is my bae who is drake okay and he came out with new music he for did. me i mean he shared with everybody but what I loved about his album release and this weekend was that Sade came out to one of his concerts. I love yeah. Sade. Wait, y'all. I don't think I understand. Sade. Sade motherfucking day who never comes out for anything. <laughs> who literally makes news every time she appears anywhere. Like the headline goes, Sade spotted. Anytime you are spotted anywhere, you know you have, you have arrived. She has a concert every 10 years. <laughs> yes. She's iconic. Oh, my God. And her red lip is iconic. And she came out with her red lip to the concert in London. Of course. And a bomber jacket. And I was like, wait, get the look. Where do I get the look, Sade? Um, it was so good seeing her out and about. Now, the thing I love also about Drake is this song, Get It Together. But Yolanda, you are the resident South African in the room. <clears throat> and I know that there's an artist on the song called Black Coffee. Can you tell me a little bit about Tim, please? Oh, my God. Black coffee. <laughs> Black coffee. I'll say it in my language. Ikofu <laughs> emnyama. Oh, wait. Okay. Black coffee is this amazing it. DJ from South Africa. He is major. He's our David Guetta. And he has this song called Get It Together on the album. But I'm a little annoyed because the song is really called Superman. And he Uh-oh. changed it for Drake, I guess, because Drake had dollars and not rands, which is what we have in South Africa. <laughs> so Drake was like, yo, can you change the name of the song and can you get a new vocalist? Because the original vocalist is this amazing girl named Boosie from South Africa. But you know what? I'm going to let it go because everybody loves the song and everybody loves, you know, everybody's getting to know Black Coffee now. So I'm going to let it go. All right, I did give Drake my coins, but I will go and give Black Coffee some coins oh, for please. Superman. And okay. he performed at Essence Festival last year in Durban, South Africa. Ooh. Amazing moment. Somebody else who came out this weekend, surprisingly, was Dave Chappelle. Yo. I've been a little mad at Dave Rowe for his recent comments. I'm going to join you Key on that Peele. madness. So, because, so basically, yeah. we know what he did. He said that Key and Peele should, should thank him for their success and for their format in the show because, you know, he came out first with the sketch comedy situation. But, Dave, we love you. There's enough love out there for you. Yeah, you yeah. don't need any more. And I'm not shading him. I'm just saying I had to give he has his own lane. him a moment this week because I was really like, he and Pill have made their own lane. Yeah. They are doing their thing. Get Out is fantastic. You know what I mean? People are still going. They're on, they're on visit number three to the theaters. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, Dave. I'll catch you next week. Netflix and chill Saturday. 
Good. Yeah. And also, I mean, they dropped that Netflix special on a, like, it was like a Monday night. I was like, I am putting my children to sleep. Right. I don't have time to watch Netflix. I'm going to have to schedule that in. <laughs> if it was after 11, I was already in bed, y'all. Self-care. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Speaking of self-care, self-care and the love we have as women in this room, can we talk about this goddamn Tyrese? Because oh, my hair is fake. I'm God. sitting here with Girl. fake hair and it's cute and as I'm cute. I shift my wig. <laughs> Tyrese, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, let me just say, okay, for anyone who is maybe was living under a rock and didn't find out how he shaded so many women this week on Instagram, he said, and I quote, because he took it down. Yeah, we see you delete. Um, sorry, <laughs> but he took it down. Um, he basically said that women know when women are manufactured, have manufactured beauty, fake lips, skinny nose, can barely even breathe through your own nostrils. I mean, come on. What else? Y'all, he just went in talking about when your legs don't match your butt. And how about we, if a woman is altering herself, herself maybe it's just for her. Yeah. I'm, I'm already, I was mad from the initial assumption that he felt women change themselves for men. Yeah. yeah. But also, I feel like black women are always the butt of his rants. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. But then, as we recall, last month, he was hitting us up on Instagram. Oh, yeah. He was begging, like, calling folks out at Essence. Like, I need to perform to at the Essence Black Women in Music. What, you want to sing Sweet Lady? Right. Yeah. That was your last hit. Isn't he married, too? I mean, I yeah. yeah, he did um, get married. Everybody was like, "Does can his wife take his phone? Yeah. You know, because, Ooh. I mean, truly, because I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, babe, really think before you speak. Because, I mean, I, you know, you might be a, a husband and loving, but you can still be sexist. You know, and you can still just, you know, step out of step out of the lane. And you she where was she in all this? And I'm not shading her. She's a newlywed. She's probably looking through her wedding photos and she's feeling good. But I want to know how she felt when she read this mm-hmm. because well, he just attacked it. women. And it was the wording. And I, how did y'all feel about it? Am I just overreacting? No, you were right. You're totally right. I But, you know, I realize I don't follow Tyrese. So, yeah, there it is. Yeah. But who I do follow is Gina Prince and Sanaa Lathan. And yeah. let's get into this conversation. Let's do it. With these ladies. So exciting. Yolanda, we have some very, very special people here today. Yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) That yes, girl was said by the one and only (laughs) Sanaa Lathan. And giggling (laughs) in the background is director Gina Prince-Bythewood. What? What? Welcome to Yes, Girl. Good morning. Good Good morning. morning. Now, so now, I know you're a New Yorker. What's it like being back here I'm, in these streets? <laughs> in these streets, right. That's right. Um, I love New York. I get to come back a lot because of work. So I'm um, always happy. I hear that we brought the warm weather with us. We did. Thank and we're you. leaving tomorrow, so and get your brings out. the snow. <laughs> <laughs> is it snowing tomorrow? That is so funny. <laughs> So um, our podcast is Yes Girl. And for us, because Yes Girl means so many different things. Like it could mean like uh, I like to say when I use it, I usually spell it G-U-R-L. Mm. So like girl. Mm. Uh, Yolanda tends to be like, hey, girl. Mm-hmm. Now, you know. So how do you guys use Yes Girl? Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> girl. Yeah, yes. I'll take some nice. Mine's an affirmation. I'll take yours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we first learned about you two um, loving basketball. I mean, that was the big thing. So did you guys know? 17 years ago. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? 17. Stop aging me. 17. I mean, we We shot it in 19. I know, but we shot it in 1999. Oh, shit. We shot it in 1999, right? 
Yeah, but it came out in 2000. It doesn't so matter. 17. We were, okay, yeah. 17 years. Okay. Did you guys <laughs> know each other before that, or how did you guys meet? No. We met. <laughs> it's a long, long, complicated story, but we did meet um, prior to the, to even, I needed somebody to do the reading, and I knew her father very well. And it was a staged reading that she was still working on the script. And your father is the, the incomparable Stanley. Yeah, Stanley, who was a great mentor of mine, and he suggested his daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I went to go meet her. Obviously, we know who the character is, Monica, and I mean we joke about it. But when I met her, the first thing, <laughs> first thing she did is she just wasn't it for Essence, huh? I think it was. You did a photo shoot. And uh-huh. I think it was in essence, but oh. she was in the bathing suit with you know the sexy pose, and that's the first thing she oh, showed me. Oh, that was Vibe magazine. Actually. Oh, Vibe. Sorry, yeah. that's all right. No, we love Vibe. <laughs> but I was like, this is so not the character, dude. <laughs> um, but she, she and I talked. She read a scene, and I thought, okay, she she can do it. Um, and so she did the reading, and she was incredible. Like I knew within the first five minutes of the actual the, reading. Well, this reading, this was this was um, Sundance. It was she was going to Sundance to work on scenes from the movie at the director's lab, which is a very kind of prestigious thing for um, filmmakers. And um, so we 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 literally sat on a stage with the scripts in our hands and read the movie. Uh, and Mackay Pfeiffer was playing the role of Quincy. Quincy, isn't that funny? Oh wow! Yeah, and um, the only reason why I even got into the mix, which I think is just kind of scary, scary in a weird way because it's so like, is this destiny or is it mm-hmm. chance? Is it the actress that she had in mind for the reading got sick? And so last minute she had to replace her and that's why she was one of the search and found me. Oh. So anyway, if I don't know. Well, can I say, and the whole thing about everything happens for a reason, which I truly believe, and I, I won't go into detail, that much, but we another big thing is that we did have a rehearsal prior to the reading. Sanaka <laughs> comes from theater. I come from we're rehearsing and rehearse, but she wasn't giving me anything. Like to me, she was awful. And uh, I remember calling my husband after like, and saying, "Oh my her? God, I gotta find somebody else. She was awful. She's gonna you know kill it because uh, companies were gonna come and listen because we were trying to set it up." And I was trying to rack my brain who we can call to replace or not. <laughs> and we could not reach the person. Um, That's horrible. No, you know this, though. <laughs> I but forgot. the fact that, thank God, because if I, because then I, the and I pulled her aside after, before she went home to get ready for the, the reading that night. And I'm sure I was, you said I was rude. I was just, she was rude. I was freaked oh. out. But I was like, this is how you have to come dressed. <laughs> I need you to bring it. Um, but then we got to the reading, and I was sitting in, in the audience, and literally the first couple words out of her mouth, I was like, oh, my God. And she she was truly brilliant, and I, it just— Well, why sk- didn't you give me the part then? Because you couldn't play ball. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, it scares me to this day that I came that close to—, yeah. to not having Sanaa as you Monica. Wouldn't, people wouldn't be talking about love basketball. <laughs> or you. 20 years later. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so anyway, she went to Sundance, the Sundance Lab, with the other actress who was, we won't say her name, who, you know, say I my name. But then, and then, what was it a year later that you had it set up at New Line? 
And then she started auditioning. Now, because I had done that staged reading, I was, was in the, in the mix, mix. Because, but she really, the, there was a producer involved, we won't say his name, who said to her, <laughs> it's on the DVD. A, not saying. Oh, it is? Oh. <laughs> Basically said, you need to hire a basketball player who can act as opposed to an actress who can play basketball. And so that really was her goal. But also, I played ball. And yeah. when I see people who can't, play playing so many athletic like it sets women back years so I was not gonna <laughs> yeah. be a part of that but because of that I got in the mix and then that started a very long arduous kind of audition process because I would get to a certain level in the audition and then we'd have to go across the street and I would have to dribble and do some layups and I'd look like you know <laughs> like I, I mean I had never picked up a ball before so and so they kept throwing basketball players in there. So it went on for a while, and finally, she begrudgingly gave me the part. Okay, but... <laughs> you did. And I, I was beaten down by this point. I was like, I don't care anymore. It was after months and months and it months. It was months. It was grueling, because at a certain point, it came down to this woman who was a ball player who wanted to act, and she, she had some chops, and then Sanaa, who was dope with the chops but couldn't play ball. So we hired... A, she was training on her own, props to her. And again, this is why I love Sanaa and why we keep working together, because of her work ethic. And she set the bar for anybody I've, I've worked with since. Is that? So we hired her a basketball coach, this woman that coached at UCLA. And Sanaa, I mean, you train every day yeah, with train no every day. guarantee of a part. And then yeah. the woman who was a ball player, we put her with an acting coach. And so there were these parallel tracks that were going on that... And for a while, and honestly, I could not make a decision. Um, Sanaa had amazing chemistry with Omar. Um, this other woman had good chemistry as well, but she could ball out. She's from New York. Um, she had to go back to what What was this movie? It was oh, no, and that's the thing. At the end of the, it was came down to, and I think her dad finally called me. He was <laughs> like, look, this you need to make a decision because this is hurting my daughter. Yeah, I was over there breaking down. <laughs> she was breaking down. It was all a plan, though. I just wanted to break yeah, it down. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, I finally I had to say, what is this film? Is it a basketball film or a love story? And it's a love story set in the backdrop of basketball. And you can fake a jump shot at the end of the day, but you can't fake a close-up. And coming to that realization. You your little one-liners. That's a quote right there. That's a quote. Yeah. You can't fake a close-up. But so that, when I made that decision, then it was obvious to go with Sanaa. But it was very funny. Because so I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to call her and give her the part. Like, this is a big deal. And I called and I said, you got But you're saying I said, you got it. No, no. So literally, so this was after months. And then, like, I went through, you go through all of the emotions when you're fighting for something. And then it went on too long to the point where I had everybody, including my dad, say, you got to drop out. This is wrong. You're not going to get the part. This is not good. But I had a woman in my life who was kind of like a spiritual kind of life coach kind of person mm -hmm. who was like, why? Just do it. Do it for the fun. Do it for the learning. And she helped me shift my focus towards the end of, like, you know what? I love acting. And then... Let me try to have fun. Getting in shape. Yeah, getting in shape and learning um, how to play ball. And so once I shifted, that's kind of when it kind of all came together. And then I kind of didn't care as much. And she called me one day. I remember I was visiting my cousin. And she was like, hey, you got the part. And I was like, oh, good. And <laughs> like it was, and she goes, can you meet me right now? I said, no. Oh, I was so pissed off. I was like ready to fire her. She was like, can you? I mean, like, so she wanted me to jump after that. I said, no, not available. Like, you will wait now. You will wait. <laughs> well, did you make her wait for shots fired? 
No. I mean, that was, we, you know, we did disappearing acts after, yeah. and we've been friends for many years, and there there have been some close, you know, calls on other projects that just, it didn't happen, but... Um, but the thing with this, what scared me is, I, you know, being friends, she has said all along, I'm never going to do network television. So, in writing this and, and seeing her, I was like, it's got to be Sanaa. Um, and honestly, it was... It, there's a line in the pilot um, where she she says, I'm every guy's type. And it was like I knew that she could embody everything that line is in terms of the swagger and the badassness and the badass. Hashtag badass. <laughs> all the stuff. And, I, you know, couldn't it had to be Sanaa. So um, I was a little nervous in reaching out to her because I didn't want to get a no. Um, because also I knew what this show was and this 10 hours, we call it a 10-hour film, and, and what her character is going to be going through. And um, I knew it would be great for Sanaa, and I knew Sanaa would be great for the project. And Reg and I were, like, it's got to be her. So, But knowing that, what helped us is that it was only 10 hours. So it wasn't like you were locked into Yeah, I mean, years. I don't have anything against network TV. I, I really, my whole thing has been, I'm a little commitment phobic when it comes to that. I don't like the idea. Usually when you sign on for a TV, you sign your life away for five to seven years. And, you know, that's great for some people. But part of what I, I love about acting is the variety of being able to play different roles, theater, film. You know, I will do TV. I have nothing against it. It was just really that long co- contract that, that, you know, they that was kind of the standard. But um, so when as soon as I found out that it was kind of uh, a one, uh, it's a movie, mm-hmm. 10 hour movie. I was excited because, first of all, I mean, just to work with Gina and Reggie, that's they're just the creme de la creme in terms of artists yeah. in Hollywood. And um, and when I read that, they only had one script, the first hour. When I read it, I was like, this feels so, it feels so cinematic. It's so layered. And then the role is kind of a role that every actress dreams of. There's, you know, it's a tour de force kind of arc that they laid out for her. So, I mean, it was kind of a no brainer. Tell so. us quickly, Shots Fired, because this will be coming out, I think, the night after it debuts. So. Okay. Go ahead. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. You know, they do the shots fired. It has so many different kind of incarnations. It's very hip-hop, too. Yeah, it is. No, no doubt. Um, I'd say at, at its core, it is about a uh, investigator and a prosecutor from the Department of Justice who come down to a small North Carolina town to investigate the shooting of a white um, unarmed teen by a black officer and when they're down there investigating they come across the murder of a young black teen that went uninvestigated and as they dig in deeper they start to realize that the two may be tied and and that there's more corruption within this um, small town police department than uh, first acknowledged that's so good I wish I could have taped that because it's so succinct and it is what our show is and it's hard sometimes when you this there's so many layers and so many things going on one of the things that's so great is that you really get to kind of step into the shoes of 
every perspective in the story, whether that's the, the mother who lost the son or the governor or the cop or the investigator. You, and each one of them gets their time. And um, I'm excited for people to see it because I think there will be a lot of discussion and, you know, hopefully debate and hopefully, you know, empathy and compassion um, that comes from this. And it's really entertaining. Gina, can you go back? I mean, this is such a heavy. I saw the when I first saw the pilot, I was like, (laughs) oh, shots fired for real. Um, What what inspired it? I know that, you know, we've all in here. The world has been experiencing so much of, um, you know, police brutality front and Mm -hmm. center. But I want to hear in your words, what was the inspiration Mm -hmm. behind it's interesting because before this opportunity came, this was one of those great moments of desire and opportunity clashing and coming together at the perfect time. Because Reg and I, uh, it really, the desire for something like this came after the <clears throat> Trayvon Martin murder. And um, Reggie was watching the verdict, Zimmerman verdict, with our son, who was 12 years old at the time. And I mean, I didn't even watch because, of course, he's going to be found <laughs> guilty. He shot the kid. Um, and they watched it together, and it, it, he was found not guilty. And my youngest son, who is so idealistic and just was shocked and tears in his eyes and could not understand it. And Reggie fought the instinct to hug him, tell him it's going to be okay, and instead opened up the laptop and showed him a documentary of Emmett Till to show him that this has been going on for a very long time and how just having discussions about how the justice system works and and oftentimes in our case how it doesn't work. And out of that, those discussions, it's interesting, my son wrote a short story about uh, Trayvon Martin going to heaven and meeting Emmett Till. Hmm. And that short story actually is in Mm, Hour 5. It's so beautiful. Um, So maybe we could say my son was the first writer um, (laughs) on this. But that, that really sparked it. And we were also so blown away by the fact that people were sending Zimmerman money to help him. They were sympathizing and empathizing with him, and yet this 17-year-old boy was being demonized. Um, And so that lack of empathy was shocking to us as well, how people, like we felt it as if he was our son. President Obama said if he had a son, he would look like Trayvon. Um, But there was a great swath of America who was not seeing it the same way. So... Um, when Fox came uh, and asked me if, if it was right after Ferguson and asked if um, I wanted to do a show in the space, it was wide open what I wanted to do. I hadn't planned on going back to TV, um, but went home and Reg and I talked and the fact that he was developing a feature in the space um, and these conversations had been happening uh, in our own home it was like, of course, we have to take this opportunity. We can write whatever we want. We can tell the story however we want. It'll have two black leads. I mean, uh, of course, I have to do this. Um, so it was the idea to to flip the narrative came pretty quickly. Um, one for, as I said, to people need to start empathizing and seeing our humanity. And you do that by being able to identify with somebody. And so that's that was the initial impetus of that to do that. But again, we always knew that there was going to be the second murder. And in doing that also, we're able to show how the, mm-hmm. you know, the media and how the community and how audiences look at victims, 
based on race and the different ways that they're looked at and talked about. And that was important to us, too, again, the way that Mike Brown was was turned, was demonized and Trayvon and, and every person that, that's been killed. Um, it's the first thing that the media seems to do, and that is so disheartening and, again, takes away our humanity. Um, Walter Scott, um, which was horrifying in South Carolina, the fact that he was running away and uh, everyone wanted to talk about he was running from a child support payment. That's not, that doesn't carry a death sentence. Um, so we just wanted to pour all of that, everything that we were feeling into this show and create something um, that will create dialogue that will help uh, people empathize and see what we go through um, and hopefully provide it can't just, though, be about venting because we all know how we feel. Um, but now what? how can we change things? And that was important, too, as well. Now, so now your character, Ash, um, she's really complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, for a minute, I was like, do I like her? Is she a good mom? Mm. But then I was like, <laughs> but then you're like, you she are. I did. I was like, like what is this? You know, but I was like, she's a good mom. And you, you're down for the cause. Like you said, you will do anything to find her truth. But how do, does she unfold mm. over this 10-hour you know, movie? I mm. love I love that you said, do I like her? Because that's 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 real. That's what makes this interesting. That's what made it her interesting to me that she's maybe not likable sometimes. Um, but she is, uh, you know, she's relentless in her pursuit of justice and she'll do whatever it takes. And, yes, sometimes it's, you know, against the law. She'll do and she has some personal issues that are going on um, from, you know, all of the, th- the things that she's dealt with in her life. And sometimes maybe she's not, you know, the most ideal person but um she's she's um she's struggling to survive and to be a good mother and to to get to get justice um how does she unfold i mean how do i say how she unfolds without giving it away well i think it's um well i do want to touch on something um the great thing about sanaa as well and uh, one thing i'm fortunate enough to have been able to see almost everything she's done, the stage work. Like, not everyone gets to see Sanaa. Yeah, because you do a lot of stage in theater. I mean, I'm sorry, in London. Mm In London and and, uh, in L.A. So I've seen how dope Sanaa is. So I'm so excited that the world gets to, not like they haven't seen before, but like really. She thinks that I had no career (laughs) besides Love of Basketball and this, by the way. I just said not everyone gets to see the theater stuff. Listen, I've done some, some you know, <laughs> yes, I have, you have I have people love other movies, too, besides <laughs> Love and Basketball. <laughs> just not as much. Someone, I was just <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, my God. But what is so dope about Sanaa is that her character is extremely complicated, as you said. But Sanaa has an innate vulnerability that makes you care even when she's doing effed up stuff. And, and that's absolutely what she brings I mean, she is a woman that, that's, like, her, her ex is, is fighting for custody. She's saying she's not safe um, to, to be around her daughter. That's a horrifying thing. And, and for her character who has to, I mean, to be as good as she is, she has to straddle that dark side. And his comment is that she doesn't know how to bring the other foot back. Um, and does she? You know, she absolutely loves her daughter, but is she safe? Um, so, you know, She's battling that. Obviously, in the pilot, she chucks a vase at somebody that was disrespectful, and that comes absolutely back to haunt her. And uh, that's really at the crux of a custody battle that she ends up having. But she's also a woman that's struggling. She killed somebody. 
and she feels that she got away with it um, legally, but karmically, mm-hmm. it's going to come back. And she knows she's going to lose something. She doesn't want to lose her daughter, and that's another reason why she kind of distanced herself from her her own daughter because she knows bad is going to happen. She'd rather come down on herself than her daughter, and that absolutely fuels her recklessness as well. Um, so to lighten it a bit, um, <laughs> like, oh, damn. Wait, it is very, it's still a mystery <laughs> a thriller. It's still entertainment. And there's it's sex act, up in there. There's, yeah, there's a lot of sex. And there's some cuties. And there's Stephane some, James. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mac no, Wiles. Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago on Black Twitter, uh, there was, you know, our, that's our next second uh, news source. Um, they asked people to, it was a meme, describe your life or you, describe yourself in four fictional characters. Oh. And when I did mine, I realized they were all Sonali Lathan characters. Oh, that, that's <laughs> it was so like, happy. It was Brown Sugar. <laughs> Sydney. Uh, it was Kenya from Something New. Mm-hmm. It was Love and Basketball because I, I, I was softball as opposed to oh, nice. uh, basketball. And wait, there was another one. Don't t- oh, Robin. Oh, the best yeah, man. best man. So, um, and then also at our, our Black Women Hollywood Gala, uh, mm-hmm. Issa Rae said that you were her lesbian pass. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she, she did. did. She yes. said? So funny. Yeah. Well, the context was she, her was first story, red dude. carpet was the Essence Black Women Hollywood Award. Yeah. And, but she was awkward on the mm-hmm. red carpet. Right. And you must have came right after her. Uh-huh. So you got all the attention. Uh-huh. And but you also smiled at her. You smiled. Yeah. Okay, and yes. Her out. So she uh, and she and she called her brother me like oh my god I just saw Sonali Lathan and he was like did you tell her she's you're her lesbian past <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that is so hilarious I love it so how do you feel like being this uh, lesbian past lesbian past <laughs> uh, you know I just it's so funny because I um, I live my life very normal you know. Um, I have my friends and my family, and I don't. I my dog, my dogs, who and one of them is passed on, but this one is really old too. (laughs) I know things. Um, So I don't really, you know, this whole age of social media and paparazzi and everywhere you go. Like I kind of didn't come up in that, so I really don't feel like a star quote-unquote star which is not a real thing until I'm like doing like press tours which just happens every now and then so I appreciate it and I'm very grateful for it but when I'm done with those movies like I'm done I'm really done I don't I don't watch them I don't talk about them really no I do not in fact every time it comes on tv I change the channel but can I say one thing though as a woman it is a uh ego basher to go for me to go anywhere with her she's because literally <laughs> like I'm invisible <laughs> and I mean I've had I've been with her when men have come up and started crying so it is wow. it is uh, no I mean it's are. but she is she's so gracious with everyone as well yeah I mean I realize it's a blessing I also feel like it's a responsibility I really believe that this art is like a spiritual acting is a spiritual path for me it's not just a job. I don't. I'm not in it for the fame. You know. Yeah, I want to make some money. If anything, I want to get. You know, I want the fame just so that I can get better parts. You know, it's not. I don't get off on being famous. So, yeah, it's. It feels good. Yeah. It feels good that I'm still doing it. Do that. We've we've seen both of you from your 
20s to your 30s to your 40s. I want to ask both of you, what what is life and love like in your 20s, 30s, 40s? As we have two totally different so experiences. How did you tackle that one first? Oh, God, life and love. It's it's um, not for the faint of heart, definitely. Um, being an actress, being a black actress, you know, I, I, I've trained myself to always look at the glass half full. I've had to in order to survive in this business. Um, and yet I've had, I really have had kind of a charmed journey. And within that, there have been many times where I've been on the floor and had to be picked up. But, um, you know, I, I try not to ever complain about how hard it is because there are plenty of white actors who would love to have, you know, to be in my shoes and, you know, and have the, the roles that I've had. So it's been challenging, but, you know, no more challenging than any other career. I'm sure your career is challenging, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and love, for me, you know, I haven't been married but I've been a serial monogamist. (laughs) (laughs) We know that relationships, I think relationships are like where you, you kind of jump into the fire. It's like where you really get to see yourself reflected. And um, so a lot of growth has happened in that area. (laughs) I think uh, for me, it's strange. I literally still feel like I'm 22. That was just such a great year for me. And I still have that same mentality. Um, but I think as you get older, you just have that that hindsight, which is a great thing, and you learn from things that you've done. And I think more than anything, I've learned to overcome no. And mm. given the, the things I've had to overcome, it gives you confidence when you come up against a no, which you will, especially in this business, constantly. Mm-hmm. You know you just need one yes. So it's about always being passionate about what you're doing, which fuels your fight. Um, to get that yes, and it's absolutely uh, driven me. And I've been very fortunate. I met Reggie in the writer's room, a different world. Wow. 22. Yeah. We were hired a week apart on a different (laughs) world, and and we were best friends first. We just clicked. It was like love and basketball in the writer's room. (laughs) (laughs) Right, writing. Um, So, so fortunate to be able to marry my best friend. But we were, we were together for six years before he proposed. And it's very interesting because he was right. He said he waited until he could tell that, because career was so important to me. I knew where I wanted to be from, from jump. Um, But they had to obviously had love and career have to be equally important and he was waiting to see that, and he was absolutely right because there was a time early on where career was all encompassing, and and I think personally it's better to when you settle down that you're you found who you are, um, and you're settled in your career so that you're not changing for anyone or settling, um, but you guys are coming together on equal footing, and I think that that has sustained um, you know our marriage absolutely, and I think what I try and put my work in terms of women. You can't have it all. You can have love and career. I do want to ask though, Sanaa. Every time there's like every a new headline every month. <laughs> Sanaa Layton dating who? Dating who? Like what? What is that like well, for you? See, that's the thing. It's like um, some of them are true and some of them aren't. Um, they get a picture of you, you know. And I, I know everybody. I've been in this business for 20 years now, and I know you know. There's a small. It's a small community, and I know a lot of people. And sometimes I hang out with people and. Um, you know, sometimes I'm dating them and, you know, a lot of times I'm just friends, 
But I, you know, I, I take it as a compliment that they want to see me with somebody, you know. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Gene, I don't know if you can tell me, mm-hmm. but um, what's the status of Untamed State? Oh, love that project. So I read much. that book. I was so freaked out, but riveted mm-hmm. in, in all things. Now, when I read it, um, this is Roxane Gay's novel. Roxane Gay's amazing novel. I, I was literally left breathless, physically breathless at the end of that. Can you get me a copy? Yes. Yeah, so you got me the sweater. I'll get you a copy. <laughs> so not and uh, Gina are twinning today. They're twinning in their uh, off the shoulder. I can play twinning. <laughs> she said twinning. Twinning. Oh, twinning. twinning. Yes. Oh, twinning. I thought you said she said You could. Twinning. You could play twinning, though. You Did could you play twinning. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's a, it's an incredible novel, incredible story, and I saw it as I was reading. And um, so, Roxanne, this is the first time I've ever co-written something with somebody. Um, but I felt she deserved it because the novel is so well written. So um, we're writing now, and and hope to go in the fall. And um, <laughs> another actor I love. Uh, is, Gugu, uh, the beautiful Gugu. Gugu Mbatha-Roth. Yes, she, she's attached. It's interesting. When I read it, I, I did see her, and it's interesting. Roxanne Gay said the same thing. As soon as we talked on the phone, it was like, that's yeah, who she yeah. had wanted. So it's uh, it's exciting. Well, what close. I love about you pairing up with her is, like, you clearly, as we've seen in your career with Sanal, like, you're an advocate for her. Like, how important is it, you know, this could be our last question, like, to have, as women in this energy, to have people advocating for you? in those rooms or because you you do that and I, and I know we we love to see that because mm-hmm. it's like we know if it's Gina it's going to be Sanaa or Gugu what do you oh, guys I love that, that you know? I love that as an actor because then you have like it's kind of like every actor dreams of that kind of De Niro Scorsese relationship she's yeah. like that you know she's like I consider her like a creative soulmate absolutely and that's just great because then you have you know on this one we had so much fun we did. Like, if you listen to the dailies, you would think, like, <laughs> we were, like we were two out of our minds. Yeah, exactly. But great work comes out of it. But, yeah. I mean, in this, this business, um, like, you, you, you have to have that. I mean, foremost, I'm very fortunate to, to have found both Sanaa and Gugu because they make me look good. I mean, mm-hmm. when I write, <laughs> like, I hear it, but they take it to another level, and that's, so exciting. So I'm fortunate. And also their work ethic. Sanaz is incredible. Gugu's is incredible. Um, I just got to put them in the same movie together. Um, but I, I love finding that. And that's also with my crew as she well. Can play, I mean, she can play my older sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, work, I work with the same editor, Terry Shropshire. Mm-hmm. The sister is such a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and my DP, Tammy Riker. Uh, like, I... You find people who are great and make you better um, and believe in the vision, and you just it just makes you better. And um, me as a, as a director, I, I'm always looking out for who's the next, because um, I know Casey Lemons was so supportive of me when I first came out. She directed an hour of Shots Fired, too. She, she did. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won feature. So fun tidbit, um, so now <laughs> mm-hmm. we recorded an episode with Regina Hall, oh, yeah. and <laughs> as we were recording, you called her. Oh, I was like, "Oh my god, I want to be in the we circle talk every day I love on it. Facetime." That's like my sister. She I mean, did, she's you did my Facetime her. Now. Yeah, <laughs> she um, she's the last one of my friends to catch onto the Facetime because I spend a lot of time in London, and it's free, obviously. So I got trying. Now when I'm in LA, I Facetime everybody. I face yeah. Facetime, so now we Facetime. 
But she, so but she funny. mentioned she doesn't always catch the FaceTimes. No, she does she was on like, purpose. Who, who FaceTimes? Who FaceTimes? Exactly. Yeah, I was like, get with it. Get with it, Regina. <laughs> Thank you both for coming today. Thank, Thank you. you. Good for luck with Shots Fired. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. That was nice. That was fun. Up next, more Yes Girl to come. That was a great interview with Sanaa and Gina. I really love their bestie element, their flow. They're besties and they're really close. They are really close. But I want to get close to a man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Charlie girl. I know you do, Corey girl. And let me tell you how you're going to do that. You are going to talk to some professional matchmakers. So let's do it. We have the matchmaking duo on the other side. Hi, everybody. Charlie Penn back here with two more extra special guests. We have the matchmaking duo in the house. Hello. Hello. Hi, Diva. Good to see you again. Good to see you both, too. So, you know, we have Kelly Fisher and Tana Gilmore. Yes. Now, just to give you guys a little background, they are professional matchmakers, black women in the industry, which is rare, right? Let's be like that duo, besties, (laughs) fears. And for how many years have you, how many years have you guys been professional matchmakers? We have, this is going into our fourth year. Fourth year. So I found these ladies um, online, introduced to them through a friend, and I did an interview with them in 2014 for Essence.com. Let's pull it up here because it was so lit. The title of the the article was, Why is it so hard for black women to find the love they deserve? And when I tell you guys, like, it was a great conversation. It was a topic that we needed to talk about because this problem is real. And the comments were so lit. And the, right? I mean, ladies, you tell it. We were not really expecting no. all of that. <laughs> People know, were really that we do engaged. Every day, but yes. I mean, not only that, but we probably, in a weekend, we probably had over 200 inquiries that we responded to personally all weekend long for, with questions. And, and people were like, we yes, need your help, right? Like, this you. is real. Yes. yes. So these are professional black women. Right, yes. beautiful, intelligent, oh, you. educated. Yeah. You know what I mean. And you're trying to help other women like yourself yes. find love, mm-hmm. and they can't do it. It was yeah. that big that Why? we had to leave our corporate jobs because it's, it's such a huge issue. So that that piece was really something. Yeah, because yeah. you guys left careers in corporate America. We did. We were yeah. in the yeah. pursuit of being heart hunters. Yes. We are. That we are. That we are. <laughs> I love that. That's your time. Unconventional. Absolutely. So what? Okay. So what's going on with these sisters? Why can't women like us? find love what is the problem well I don't get it well I think that uh, what we've uncovered was that women have taken the fast track you know they've gone from high school to college to graduate school and then on to even medical school or you know law school and they have just taken the fast track through life and you know they haven't they look around all of a sudden at 35 40 years old and they're they don't have a husband or any children because they've allowed their career to take over their lives and do you really think that's what it is because I feel like I know a lot of women who are dating while they're like you know being bosses and like what is it just certain women who are maybe a little too focused on career or because well, I, I feel like we're, we never stop dating right no we don't but I think if you think of it culturally a lot of times our fa- our parents and our grandparents it's like okay get your education you'll worry about that later I mean how many people have not heard that you know you have to get yourself positioned and then you'll right. worry about finding someone mm-hmm. later and then later never comes you have all of this you know the accolades and you have this and and you know dating you might not be as intentional you know I mean 
you might that's think, true. you know, I'll meet someone later. This is a great guy, but I'm focused on this. I'm focused on that. And that's then true. you let a lot of good ones go away. It is an easy thing to put off. It's like, okay, grocery store, right. pay some bills, go find a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I can wait on that one. Yes. Okay, so then, okay, so these women, they get to this point in their life where they're like, okay, I've conquered the career. Yes. I love myself. I feel good. I'm fabulous. And now I'm looking for love. But then I know you and I, we've all talked about it. They still have trouble, which is how they end up on your doorstep. So can we just talk a little bit about like what's going on with they feel the dilemmas are? Sure. Well, I think, well, for me, I think that they actually feel as if they have so much power during the day. I mean, you know, they're, you know, they have major roles in their careers. They're bosses. And they are. They are bosses <laughs> all day. And so it's hard for them to switch, flip the switch mm-hmm. after 5 o'clock and become the girlfriend. So they're the boss during the day. And then at 5 o'clock, you know, it's like, well, well, who am I? And it's hard for them to pass the baton over to a man and allow them to lead. Now, so. what if they don't want a man to lead? What if they want to lead together? Is that possible? Or you're saying it's, like, hard for them to... Just no, playing devil's advocate. I'm like, you sure. know, is it that they do want a man to lead? But they most don't know of them how do. Yeah, they they do. come to us and they do want a man to lead. They just don't know how. Oh. I think most of our clients that come to us are like, you know, I do all this stuff. I have a landscaper. I do this. this I and that, but break. I really don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to do it. The only thing is they forget to communicate that. So even when they're dating, they forget to say, okay, I do all these things, but I really don't want to. I, you know, I want you to take some of these things off of my plate. And they don't know how to switch. And they don't know how to say that. No. Not only do they not know how to, they don't know how to communicate it in the right tone and deliver. Mm-hmm. So they don't know that. So that's when they come to us for coaching. So then they come off a little bossy, I they imagine. They do. Right. So like, get this done, do this and do this and expect it done. But well, that's not going to get it done. And a lot of men are intimidated <laughs> by that in their 30s and 40s. Is they that are. Happens? Well, yeah, they are. Single and it's, it's a turnoff, too, if you think of all the other ways that you can meet women now. I mean, they have online dating. They have So they don't really have to put up with that as they used to. No. So, you know, they can just go out and meet someone else tomorrow, unfortunately, so and, who might be a little bit more nurturing. Yeah. And men are still outnumbered by women, right? Absolutely. The ratios are still that they right. have more options. Sure. Right. And so our clients a lot of times will say, well, what is he bringing to the table? What You know, they have this long list. Right. But then we try to help encourage, like, what are you bringing to the table? And there's always complete silence because we don't think of that a lot of times. Yeah. It's just, can he impress me? That's true. And so, so we kind of flip what? it. That's interesting, girl, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I hear a lot of people say women can be too picky. Oh, my goodness. And I hate that because I don't feel like it's true because I feel like we're taught to, like, no, it's true. have standards. You think it's true? It's true, wow. Charlie. It's I feel true. Like I want what I want. It's true. No? Yeah, it's true. Okay, talk to me. <laughs> it's we true. have to compare what you're bringing, though. So, you know, exactly. we always say our clients, what are you yeah, bringing so to the table? Like, so, so where's the line? So what can he get from you? Are you nurturing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when he comes in, are you giving him a warm hug? You know, are you being encouraging? So it's more of, you know, they're thinking, well, you know, what is he bringing to me? Is he doing this? Is he fixing my car? Is he doing this? But unfortunately, it goes two ways now. So we focus on on both people. You know what? That is fair mm-hmm. because I have, I know some folks. I won't <laughs> Now that you think of it, right? Now that I know about it. <laughs> I know some women who have like particular demands for a man's salary. They're uh-huh. like he needs to be making six figures, right? Which so, is fun, but yeah. they mm-hmm. don't make six figures. Exactly. No, they don't. And it, in all fairness, mm-hmm. why are you expecting something of a man that you? yourself don't bring exactly. to the Exactly. Right. So they come to us with a whole laundry list. I mean, they need to be 6'4". They need to have health a PhD. Conscious. They need to be oh health conscious. They need to run every morning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so they have all of that. And then so when the question, again, that they're stunned is, that what are you offering? So we ask them, you know, what are you... What can you bring to the table that he can't get from anyone else? What's your unique selling proposition? And it's crickets. 
So it's just that they've never thought about it. No, you don't have to. So during our coaching, we kind of flip it and see, you know, what are you really bringing to the table? And they usually have to come back to it. So we say, you know what? Take your time. Think about it. Exactly. Take your time and think about it. (laughs) And let's revisit it on our next session together. And what about, okay, so a lot of women, when the older you get, it's more likely that you maybe have kids or that the men you're dating have kids. Is there also sort of an issue with, um, I'm imagining if a woman is looking for a man who's never been married and doesn't have kids, who's over 30? Oh, definitely. We have a lot of clients who want uh, men who don't have kids. They just want to have that experience on their own. And, you know, sometimes it's, it definitely sh- uh, lessens the pool. A lot, of, right? Yeah, so <laughs> single available men. Right, so we just <laughs> have to manage their expectations with it. It's like, you know, so we're starting with this whole pie, but then you want this, so that's going to cut it down in half. And now you want him not to have any children, and so then it's going to cut it down the pie a little bit. <laughs> but and he has to be 6'2", exactly. and the average man is 5'9". With so. a graduate degree. <laughs> right. Okay, so now we're talking about a sliver of the pie and you oh want us to find him so then, <laughs> and he has to be interested in you so exactly we so forget the pool that part is, so the pool is just getting smaller and smaller it is which is why we end up with like the problem right yes. which is that we but you know it's interesting because on one hand I feel like you know I write about black weddings every day for essence.com and I'm always like look at all these women in their 30s and 40s getting married and then I also hear a lot of women in their 30s 40s like it's so hard in these streets yes and so listening to you guys I feel like okay you have to really look within for and ask yourself, right. am I giving out what I'm looking for? Definitely. Correct. Okay. So what if you are, right, mm-hmm. where do you then find the men? Because I also feel like another thing that comes up is location. Like, girl, am I in the wrong city? Because New York <laughs> women are like, there are no eligible oh, single have, men oh, over wow. 35 here. And I don't know if that's true. I haven't been single in a minute. Um, but if I were, I feel like I see single brothers out in the street. But maybe they have kids or they're divorcees or, you know what I mean? Like, what, is it location? Well, I think a lot of it is attitude, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be, it doesn't matter what location you are, what city, you have to be, you know, even if you go out to, you know, a bar or you're going to have drinks with friends, you have to be open to going and saying hello, which is unconventional. Which is really hard. You have to smile and be willing to start a conversation just as much as men are willing to do that. So you have to ask yourself. And we don't want to do that. I mean, we want to be cordial. We want to be cordial. No, we want you to be approachable. (laughs) We do. And so I guess Mm -hmm. in our culture, we've been taught and trained um, for many years just to sit back and just wait for him to, you know, say hello to you or wait for him to introduce himself. But we say no. We say you may, you create your own opportunity. You walk up and you say hello first. And see, for me, this is always like a difficult conversation because I'm very much like I'm bold. I've always been the first move kind of girl. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I was just like, you know what? If he's into it, great. If he's yeah. not, fine. But I'm already smiling. I'm right. bubbly. What's the worst that can happen? Right. What's so the worst that can happen? someone so was, new. Yes, yeah, so I was definitely like the girl across the room that would smile back at you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily always walk over and be like, so are you single? Right. But, you know, which makes me a great third will now for my single friends because I'm like girl I'll go talk to him I know it's all about creating the opportunities you just want to make him feel warm and welcome to come over and say hi so you just want to make him feel you know like he's invited to say hello but it really isn't location. There aren't like certain places we where feel, like you know, we feel the like there's are tapped out. We, you know, I don't. I, we feel okay. like there are places where you can find. There are single people everywhere. There are single people in this building. There are single people in this <laughs> city. There are single people everywhere. You just have to be approachable, and you have to date with intention. So if you yes. claim it, like this year, I am going to date with intention. That means that I am going to look the part when I walk out the door, not okay. just when I am ready to go out. But you know, am I date ready? Would someone approach me? me today. So are you dating with attention? Before you walk out of the door, will someone ask you out? You have to ask yourself that. Am I best representing myself? Absolutely. Right. And okay. make a plan. I mean, make a plan. Like Tana said, you know, this is my last year being single. 
So I'm going to go out and th- give 100 smiles this week or this month. Oh, I mean, 100 smiles. That's a good challenge. We challenge our clients all the time. 100 smiles, like back to a man or woman that you Yes. Just practice smiling. Just make it part of your routine. Practice making eye contact. Practice saying hello. Add a hello with it. So a hundred smiles and a hundred hellos. That's a lot of talking. We strangers. challenge you. We challenge you to do it. And I mean, of course, some places in the country are harder than others. And like New York here. is. Yeah, we always talk about New York and yeah. you know the Northeast. But I mean, it doesn't matter. Everyone, no one's going to turn you down for a smile, no matter where you are in the U.S. or That's across the, yeah. the world. Oh God, it's always welcome. It. Yeah, and, and you know, offer a compliment. It's always welcome. Who wouldn't enjoy a compliment? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Especially even if it could be the person like behind you in line to get coffee. Right. Sure. Great shoes. Nice tie. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to happen? So what else do you watch? challenge? women to do. I'm kind of curious about this. I want to know, like, what's the homework? Oh, okay. so, so homework would be um, to get the contact information. Get their number. Sure. Let's see how many That's you can hard. get this week. Well, it isn't really. No? So the clients okay. know, Let us know. The clients that, that we challenge to do it, they get it done. So really? if they're serious, sure, they get it done. And so we challenge them to start a conversation. Get a business card. Uh, well, sure. yeah, sure. sure. Give me a business card. Okay. But offer a compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, continue the conversation and leave with, I'd like to stay in touch. That way, you're not saying, you know, I'd like for your phone number. you you know, putting it out there that you would like to stay in touch. So then he would offer you his phone number. It's like it's it's kind of formal, but in, casual enough that you, they get that you're right. like, OK, I really want to get to know yeah. you better. But it's not, it doesn't feel like it's too much. Like, no, sure, no can we date? Right. I like Because most women that come to us are like, I don't want to be thirsty. That's the biggest thing. I don't want to look thirsty. <laughs> Nobody wants to look Nobody thirsty. Wants to look, but thirsty we, I mean, just throw the thirsty in the garbage if we hear thirsty but one more time. that's also like causing problems, it too. Because then you're holding not, you back. You're Forget about being thirsty. So we say there's a difference between um, being thirsty and being interested. Definitely. Those who are interested win. Say that again. <laughs> How many winners do we have out there? Okay, ladies, if you want to be a winner. Yes. <laughs> we love to win, Can we right? please recap? <laughs> yes. 100 smiles this week. That's, That's right. the challenge. Okay, 100 smiles and compliments. Yes, and eye contact. Eye contact. Mm-hmm. Say that you would like to keep in touch. Yes. Get that number, that That's email, right. that Instagram, Facebook, Definitely. something. Something. Right? And be the first to, to initiate, to be the first to reach out. Mm-hmm. Say, I really enjoyed our conversation Make the first today. move. Make the first yeah, move. And first you know move. what? I feel like I've been doing this a lot lately professionally, but I think it can really work for single women. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. I also just say, like, are you on social media? Because I feel like Instagram is the new business card. Definitely. And at least if we start, like, following each other, then it's like you can, like, I do it with, like, press contacts and friends. It's sure. like I can start liking your photos. That's I can start right. getting to know. You know, some people are private about it, but other people are not because that's really. Post a great yeah. picture. I mean, post a great sexy picture when you go out to a holiday oh, yeah, party or something. And then you're going to get all types of likes and then you know you can build a following that way too and your and the social media tells your story it does it really shares it all about your it's personality a good, it's a good resume definitely. it is okay definitely. ladies we're so gonna add that to the list Charlie I think we have, right <laughs> yes. you know what I mean like you're like you know here's my resume on the low yes I think we have schooled the masses I today. think so I think these were really <laughs> that's really a great helpful. start yes. Yes. it is and hopefully ladies out there just listen give it a try 100 smiles I'm stuck on that definitely 100 smiles you can make new friends that way of course Forget lovers I mean even if it's people. just single friends that can go out with mm-hmm. you and remember you're not thirsty you're interested mm. we're gonna end on that now. yes <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank we you. love your advice every week on the site. We Thank always you. love having you. Thank Just love you. Being we here. love us. We love our audience. family here. Thanks to our guests, Sanaa Lathan and Gina Prince-Bythewood and the matchmaking duo. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, Girl, such as our conversations with Remy Ma, 
Uzo Aduba, and upcoming Regina Hall. You can find these on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts, and we mean anywhere. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us how you're feeling about the podcast. And Yolanda, what else do we have going on at Essence.com this week? We have so much going on at Essence this week. Our new cover star, first of all, Pick Up the Magazine, is Oprah and Renee Elise Goldsberry, who are talking about their new HBO film about Henrietta Lacks coming and next Oprah month. Life. Yes, she is. And then also, girl, we are on Snapchat. Essence is on Snapchat, y'all. So follow us, Essence, on Snapchat. Thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. We'll see you next week.